Welcome to the Fruitball After Show. Kick up your feet and get comfy as we discuss and ramble about the bits and pieces of Space Jam, a new legacy that we didn't get to cover in the main episode. Now, if you're new here, unlike the main episodes, this will be less structured and probably be the rantings and ravings of two lunatics. And more controversial. And more controversial. So, to quickly start this off mentioning something that I don't even really think we covered in the main episode, is the actual human element of Space Jam 1. And I can tell you for a fact, I did not care for the basketball players at all. I didn't care about their weird depression phase during the film, and I didn't even really care that they had their skills stolen either. Oh, see, I actually quite like that, because it shows the effects that it's having on others rather than just the tunes and Michael Jordan. Yeah, I mean, I guess. But... I, I don't know, it's just, I was okay with Bill Murray, because Bill Murray's just, you know, he's a great side attraction for any film that wants to include him. When he's not playing a Monday-hating, lasagna-loving cat, and he's actually giving it his all, he's, he's really enjoyable. Like, he's just a generally great, lovable asshole. Did I care for the other comedic actor that they had in Space Jam 1? No, no I didn't. I didn't, I didn't care about him digging a hole for half an hour. No. I really didn't. Like Space Jam 1, Space Jam 2 also had, I believe, two well-known comedians on the roster. Oh, God, did it? It had Mr. Fuzzy as Speedy Gonzalez, and it also had Sarah Silverman. Oh, God, yes. Yeah, who so played Warner exec number person. Who <laughs> <laughs> yes. was there just to be there. ID 105362, reporting for duty. Yeah, so it technically had two well-known comedians in it too. Yeah, I guess so. I think it's just maybe because they spent little screen time, so they were kind of there yes. and then gone. She played a very minor a role. A very minor role, yeah. It wasn't even worth mentioning, you know, in the main... Gabriel Iglesias so. played a character they fucking forgot to add to the team at the end, so there you go. Well, they do a similar thing in Space Jam 1. There's a vulture in Space Jam 1 that gets wounded and bandaged up. Yeah. But I don't remember seeing him play he just no. he just he's on the bench and then he's on the bench but wounded because i think he also got crushed <laughs> yeah so he's just a bench warmer as well yeah I, I don't know i just feel like the actual human parts of fucking space jam one just really didn't hit as much or i don't know it's it's really weird because even though there's probably more because of the runtime i mean there's one that's like an hour and 20 hour and a half and then you have a new legacy that's two hours long it almost felt like the Space Jam 1 human scenes filled up way more time of the film than the animated character stuff did. Honestly, number one, the film was slower paced. And number two, I agree with you. It probably did take up a large portion of the film. Yeah. I don't know how much in comparison to the rest of the tunes, but we don't see the tunes just like Space Jam 2 until around 20, 30 minutes in. No, yeah. But I also think that the scenes with the humans in Space Jam 1 are just more memorable. Because Space Jam 2 does have a load of scenes with Chris Davis as Malik. Oh, yeah. Where he's just hunting for LeBron. But those scenes are all forgettable, except the one where he's by the uh, toll gate man with the security guard. Because that's not forgettable because it's boring as hell yeah, and, it goes and on too, long. too long. But all the other ones just fly by in an instant. And honestly, I've forgotten what half of those even were. So I guess they were successful in having a two hour film and erasing. 20 minutes of it from your memory. That's got, geez, you know what? You're probably right on that one. I've only, I've also just realised that, um, what's his name? Ma Malik? Malik. 
Yeah, that's the kid from the beginning who gave him the Game Boy. He's his friend oh, throughout. And sort right. of like his little mini handlet agent friend. Jesus, he really is fucking forgettable, isn't he? Uh, yeah. But he yeah. almost plays the exact same character as Wayne Knight does in the first one, where he's following LeBron around, kissing his ass. He's not as far. Yeah. He's also not as funny. No, yeah, that's true. And also has less of an impact on the story, because he actually gets to play in <laughs> Space Jam 1. <laughs> yes, yes, he does. And, and he gets pumped up as well. He gets pumped up as well. Yeah, that's a recurring gag, but it's a recurring gag in cartoons in general. Yeah, but that scene where he turns into an animated human balloon is fucking disgusting. <laughs> the thing is, I remember a lot of the body horror from the film. Yeah. Body horror used because that's the best they that's could the best do. Thing, I don't yeah. know. I don't know. They just chose to do it in a cartoony fashion. And I remember a lot of the body horror, like Michael Jordan becoming a basketball for a bit. That is exactly what happens in Space Jam 2, except they draw him as a cartoon. I don't think Michael Jordan is a cartoon at all in the whole film. That's the whole point. No. He never becomes a cartoon. He is himself, but he takes on the rules of the world he's in. So he is a tune whether he knows it or not. And I think that's what's really good about it. But the, yeah, the body horror is just outrageous. And I love the film for it because it's one of those things that you don't get in modern films. Not unless they're really bad. No, that's true. We can look back on it and go, holy crap, was that? did I really watch that as a kid and not freak yeah, out? Yeah, it's like, how the fuck? Because Michael Jordan's face, when he turns into the fucking ball, it's almost like they did <laughs> actually do it to him in real life. And he's just screaming yeah. in agony. <laughs> that's because he's a good actor. <laughs> don't fucking <laughs> shut up. No, stop. This is Michael Jordan McDonald's advert level of acting. Speaking of McDonald's advert, right about this time as we're recording this episode, McDonald's have a new legacy as their Happy Meal toy. Oh my god, look at that full circle. Look at that. But it is the level of acting of just, stop it, go get a Big Mac, get large fries with that Big Mac. Hashtag not sponsored. <laughs> but... No, I mean, I don't want to, I definitely don't want to harp on it too much, but my god. Like, I went into a new legacy not really remembering much about the first Space Jam other than the fucking sick song it made up. Oh, yeah. When I went back to watch it, you know Michael Jordan doesn't know where the fuck to look. He's looking over, he's looking <laughs> he, across. He is looking everywhere. Looking, <laughs> fucking all over the goddamn shop. When when he turns into the goddamn horror ball and he deflates himself and he's back in Which into is his, beautiful, by the way. He's sat down on the floor just waiting for the animated scene to get up to him so he can sit back up again. And yeah. you know, here's his range of emotion. Come on guys, you gotta stop it. You're gonna make stop, me, man. You, you're gonna make me very angry boy, okay? And then, you know, the Looney Tunes themselves are like, You're not gonna run away, are you, Jordan? You're not gonna run away and he's like, No. No, I'm not gonna no, run guys, away. No guys, we're friends, can't you tell? Well, what's that over there? And over there, well, Bugs, wow. <laughs> yes. Well, give me a second as I find where you actually fucking are, Bugs. Wait a minute. He's got two lazy eyes. <laughs> For <laughs> sake. Oh, my God. But, I don't know. It's also just the fact that when you watch the first one and then you watch the second one, no matter in which order, really, they obviously stole the ball joke from Space Jam 1. They stole a lot from Space Jam 1 because Space Jam 1 is old news and didn't really happen, but did happen, but didn't really happen. I'll tell you what I do love, though, about Space Jam 1, and that was the dynamic 
between the actual tunes talking about normal subjects. Yes. Not just recycling animations or catchphrases. There was a conversation where Bugs and Daffy are talking about royalties they haven't got from their own products. Exactly. Like, that is absolutely missing from the first fucking film. Yeah. As much as I said I didn't laugh at number two, that got me in number one when I was re-watching it, probably because it's humour targeted at adults, which it definitely is. And I loved it. And like Daffy's butthole plugged up by the Warner Brothers logo. And then it's like, I, you know, we've got to thank our Lord and Saviors, Warner Brothers. And then kisses his own ass. It's like, all right, Warner. Yeah. We get, we get what you're doing. And that's fine. We don't see a million bajillion Warner logos. We see the logos as they enter and exit Tomb World. And we see that. Yeah. And obviously the intro. But in Space Jam 2, there's no end of brands and logos. No, there isn't. Every time you see the serververse, there's a big neon outline. Of the Warner Brothers logo. It's always there. It's ever present. Same with all the other logos. The amount of times we see Nike, the Goon Squad <laughs> and the Toon Squad are both sponsored by Nike. Well, come on. You know, they've got to get the money from somewhere, sponsored the film. You don't see that in number one. The most you get that I recall is a slightly too long shot of Michael Jordan's Air Jordans. Yeah. That's really it. Yeah. And honestly, I agree 100% that the fact that the Looney Tunes are interacting with each other in the real world is probably the funniest shit out of both films. It's the true meta-comedy that number two should have had. Yeah, but because they made it a fucking LeBron film instead of a Looney Tunes film, they couldn't afford to do that. Yeah. And the thing is, right, is that uh, I've already told you about Looney Tunes back in action. I've mentioned it a few times. You have. But it's Warner Brothers being self-aware of their properties... But their properties exist in the world. Unlike Space Jam, though, where they're hidden and then they sort of come out and not everybody's aware that cartoons are real. Back in action, they just coexist. And Space Jam 2 is just, no. To be honest, I think the Looney Tunes themselves barely talk to each other. Yeah. If LeBron isn't in the scene and if he isn't the one instigating the conversation, nobody fucking else exists in the film. Given the fact that only really two actors played all of the Looney Tunes cast, bar one or two. Yeah. It would be hilarious seeing some behind-the-scenes footage of them arguing with yeah, themselves. just fucking in the same, like, recording booth, just shouting at yeah. each other. Of course, yeah. Or, or just himself. Because one of them plays Bugs Bunny, Sylvester, Yosemite Sam, Fred Flintstone, and Yogi Bear. That's Jeff Bergman. Yes. He plays all of those. So there could be a Bugs, Sylvester, Yosemite Sam scene where they're all just conversing. I mean, Daffy Duck, Porky Pig, Foghorn Leghorn, Elmer Fudd, and Marvin the Martian are all played by Eric Belzer. And those characters can definitely have some conversations between <laughs> them. Can, yes. They also, um, when the, the, the monsters land on Earth, yeah. they crush Elmer Fudd with the little stairway yep. of the UFO. And that happens in number and two. And that happens in number two, except this time it's Bugs Bunny crushing... Uh, Marvin the Martian. It is a classic gag. But one other difference they have, since you've mentioned Marvin the Martian, is the ref in Space Jam 1 is Marvin. Yes, yes it is. But the ref in Space Jam 2 is an original character we didn't even mention in the main episode because it's not worth mentioning. No, no it's not. Nice attempt at a cute product. Yes. <laughs> yes. They're a minion. They're the minion of Space Jam 2. They are. And you know what? If you want to know what character we're watching... Find out yourself, because we're not fucking advertising that McDonald's toy. Get out of here. Yeah, that butt plug with hands. <laughs> oh, God, no. Why Why would you put that image <laughs> in my mind? Why would you do this? But I will say, I 
I really do like the Goon Squad, though. They're not as interesting because they're not characters, but in, like, pure concept and concept design, I really thought they made for a good antagonist group, or a better one anyway, than the Monstars did. But what might come as a surprise, though, is that I think I actually prefer the business tycoon as the main villain from Space Jam 1. It's because Space Jam 1 has a story that was written to be completely original. Yeah. That's the thing. Space Jam 1 was designed as its own open and closed film. Yeah. Where Space Jam 2 was designed to just sell IPs and show brands. Yeah, and, and That's all it was. And love us and look at the big donga. Exactly. Yeah. So to do that, they need to get in all these big name actors to drawing more audience. Because that's, that's where most of their money went. That $150 million budget, they haven't even made most of it back yet. No, they haven't. That's where it went. Um, I think it's also the second or third highest opening weekend for an animated film during COVID. Yes, during which COVID. Which is a really, a really specific tag to give something. <laughs> they spent over $15 million on advertising and products. They've got McDonald's involved in it. They've got every major TV network involved in advertising. It's got some of the biggest names in Hollywood right now. And they put Zendaya in it just so they could shove her name in the goddamn credits. Yep. And they haven't even made the money back yet. As a monetary film, or like an earnings film, it has flopped pretty damn hard. But you've got to spend money to make money, and to be fair, they've made half the money back on an advert. Yes. <laughs> yeah, that's true. So as a commercial, this is probably a major success because it's reached millions of people's eyes. And I think shortly after this, LeBron became like a billionaire, the first basketball player while actively playing, to have earned over a billion dollars over his career. And I don't know if that includes movie earnings and stuff. Jeez. I'd like to think that the main villain of Space Jam 1 is Warner Brothers themselves. Like, they see IPs as, like, failing, which is the amusement park, and they're like, we need to fucking steal some people! We're gonna kidnap <laughs> them, baby! Who are we gonna get? We're gonna get the Looney Tunes and they're gonna perform! Space Jam 1 is, a, basically, it's a cash grab film. Yep. That pokes fun on business tycoons exploiting celebrities for profit. Yeah. Says the film with Michael Jordan as its headline. <laughs> yeah. But Space Jam 2 doesn't have that message, but it takes the anti-message to the max. Yes. It's not even a film anymore. No, no, it's not. Forgetting how entertaining some moments are, because some parts are actually really entertaining and really well done. You can't look past the fact that this is just a big two hour long animated billboard god i really want to see like they, they won't care and they won't do it and they've probably done it in the past but i really want to see if marvel will do a similar thing just just to give it a try <laughs> you know just to be like yeah. here's a film catalyst that we're gonna have and then we're just gonna show you our donga instead well, the thing is, it wouldn't be Marvel, it would be Disney. Oh, Disney, that's it, not Marvel. It would be Iron Man in Kingdom Hearts or something. Yes, <laughs> yeah, actually, yeah, I, I suppose that Kingdom Hearts is actually their equivalent of the Space Jam stuff. And now they've established Space Jam 2 as a, a crazy arcade version of basketball with WBIPs, they can now go on, in fact, they might have already done this, I'm not sure, go on to make a Space Jam 2 basketball game, including all those characters plus some licensed basketballers. Yes. Uh, much like how Nickelodeon have all like their baseball games and stuff, and Simpsons Wrestling. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it's not the same thing, but yeah, you get the point. 
And speaking of wrestling, I do believe that the director of Space Jam, Malcolm D. Lee, yeah. was in talks to make a Space Jam 3. Oh. But it will be wrestling with hit WWE star and actor Dwayne Johnson. Well, it's already made money then. Yeah. If the other kind of cast him as the exact same guy, like every other movie of does. Yeah, yes. Probably. I, I don't know. If it's WWE, then it's cool because they can whack in names like John Cena and that will get the kids right. Oh, that's in. a meme. Da, 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 da. <laughs> And they already tried this before, because you mentioned Back in Action. Yep. And we happen to know that Back in Action was originally going to star Jackie Chan and be like a spy or kung fu movie, but it fell through, so they ended up making something even worse. It's one of those where, like, if you go back to watch Back in Action, the whole point is that I believe the Looney Tunes, or Warner Brothers in general, have gone bankrupt, so the Tunes are out of the job. That's pretty much what most of these films are, though. It's yes. our old stuff is going out. We need to get more attention back onto it so we can continue to make even more money. <laughs> and the fucking Acme Corporation's like, we've got this blue monkey diamond. What's it do? It turns people into monkeys. Let's turn everybody <laughs> into monkeys. It's like, okay. And then Brendan Fraser turns up and Bugs and Daffy are like, why don't we go on an adventure? And Brendan's like, okay. <laughs> the, the thing is, is that that even has what I think is the best cameo of Marvin the Martian because it's fucking Daffy Duck's superhero persona, Duck Danger or something. Duck Dodgers. And it's him facing off against Marvin the Martian in space. That's cool. And it's one of those where it's like, it's a failure of a film. And it's referential, and the plot is absolute garbage, and it's a fucking mess. <laughs> but is the film fun from the start to the end? Yes. I still think it's a fun film even now, despite the fact I know for a fact it's <laughs> trash. And that can sum up the Space Jam films as well, because they're films that have certain entertaining qualities. Yeah. But there is always some sort of overarching thing that ruins them. Yeah. And I think with the case of Space Jam 1... When it was released, I think it was actually an outstanding film. And the problem with that film now is the age. Yes. And because of that, I would give Space Jam 1 and 2 practically the same rating because of how age has changed Space Jam 1. And it just shows glaringly how far we've come in cinema. And the weird thing is, is that to me, Space Jam 2 kind of like incorporates little bits from back in action and Space Jam 1. Because obviously it's a Space Jam film, so it's basketball related. Let's get a big star. But to me, it has sort of like the same fun value as like Back in Action does, where it's like the plot's bollocks. It's world domination by a fucking shitty AI that got called Siri. Like it's not, there's no depth there. It was also that they rejected his ideas. Yeah. And it's just one of those where like, kind of like Back in Action, they just go from location to location, just doing some sort of fun thing, and then the film ends. But because it takes from Space Jam 2, there's also some sort of message there, and like they have a really good basketball game that I really enjoy, and they're flexing their animation muscle. Yes. But the issue is, is that the fun locales, where you get, like, your Samity Sam who owns a casino and his own roller coaster <laughs> in Back in Action. Instead, it's just Foghorn Leghorn riding the Daenerys dragon. It's like, yeah. Uh... I like the crossover scenes they did. Yeah. I wish they did more of that. Instead of throwing a million references a minute at us, if they focused more on a few and had us have more interaction in these worlds, I think I would have liked the film just that little bit more. 
yeah, like, actually, instead of just making it a montage, have the first hour. Honestly, I think, lessen the beginning, set up your conflict, whatever, you know, games are bollocks, be basketball man. Ball is life, not games. Yeah, get to the bit where he's in the actual computer stuff quicker. Yeah. And then pick one, well, no, pick like two or three worlds after the Toon world and actually spend time there. Yeah. Because the thing is, is that I probably wouldn't have actually minded the Game of Thrones stuff if they went onto the Game of Thrones world, had more characters incorporated in there. Like, you could have had a, a Toon character be viciously murdered, but because oh. they're a Toon character, they're still alive. First of all, let's go back on the algae rhythm thing, because yeah. I think the main reason for his villainness is because he wants recognition. Yeah. And he created a movie idea to make Space Jam, but put himself in it as a character so people would recognize him, which oh, they did yeah. in the actual film. The film is a film. It's obviously a weird thing they've done. Yeah. I would have preferred it if there was something wrong with the server verse. The boundaries between the IPs are breaking. So like the worlds are sort of colliding, sort of like a, a DC Marvel cinematic event. Yeah. And that would allow the characters to interact with each other more because it forces them to. It means that they can use their references a bit more intuitively because they can combine different planets together and have different characters, different dynamics. We'll be able to spend more time in it, in these worlds, because that's what the film would be about. And then I don't know how you can have a villain in that instance. Maybe Algae Rhythm is the villain. Like he wants that to happen because then he will become one with it all. Yeah. And it also means they have more locations. Which was the yeah. problem I had with it. There weren't enough locations, especially for the basketball stuff. It was just a Tron-coloured basketball yes. field, whatever you want to call it. And that was it. And the CGI characters kind of floated on it. Yeah, the sections were, obviously, if you pause... The sort of slippy-slidey, floaty a bit. Yeah, with yeah, any it's not CGI big deal. characters, you yeah. get stuff like that. But it could have fixed a lot of things, because I think the LG Rhythm whole side story with Warner 3000 is complete bopkus. I think it's terrible. And just having the worlds come together or the server getting hacked by an evil entity, that could be the bad guy and stealing their IPs. It could be that. And then, then you could have Looney Tunes team versus like a team made of their most popular IPs. Yeah. They could do that. You know what? That would have been good. For sure. Yeah. There's so many ways they could have gone around it. I'm not saying that my way's better or not, as usual when we yeah. throw out these ideas. But I would have really liked to see that because I don't like the idea of saying, these are basketballers that exist, let's take their likenesses and combine them with something. Because you know these basketballers, because this film's about basketball, and ha-ha, here's more people. Here's my I don't like people. that. I like the originality of the first one, where they used real characters that they were against. I wish they did more with their properties, rather than dragging more outside basketballers and try and get more bang for your buck. Yes. Instead of LeBron, then, they can throw out four or five more names. Like, this is the thing. I, I don't really care about the actual basketball editions in both films, but the idea of just having a film in which you're going full-blown wackiness, let's make each IP an individual world, let's experience this world with characters that seemingly people have forgotten about. I mean, honestly, I'm not sure about the numbers, but I still think Looney Tunes is one of their biggest IPs still. And one of my biggest issues is that because LeBron and Warner Brothers are too busy trying to suck each other's dicks, yeah. is that 
they do a few jokes where it's like, haha, Looney Tunes are trash, go with the rejects, and you fall past all these new popular, you know, wow, 10 out of 10 TV shows. How many times do we need wow. to see the Game of Thrones planet? Yeah. Every time they show the planets, it's the same few from the opening. You don't any, see any, any more, more than, than that. that. LeBron falls through all these planets in this universe, and then later on, Algie Rhythm, who's showing the kid... This is the entire, entire serververse, server-verse. and it's the same four planets. Oh, what, these four <laughs> planets is all Warner Brothers is worth, is it? I would have oh, loved okay. if you could see him, like, just scrolling across all these planets, even if they're not referential planets. Just show that it's a much vaster place than it is, because they have the same locations every single time. Even in the universe, it's the same goddamn location. I mean, they literally could have had an entire planet that is just filled with the, the monsterverse garbage, where it's like... yeah. King Kong, Godzilla, fucking Ghidorah, Mothra, just all of them. And I would have liked it as a visual gag in which they're actually just towering on the planet and it's like little action figures. A tiny planet. And they're just like attacking each other because they're so massive or something. (laughs) But no, I mean, it's just, it's one of those where they backtrack on making an individual film and they just go, LeBron, this this is you, right? All these animated characters, they love you, LeBron. They're all about you. So there's no uniqueness to them anymore. No, he isn't. But if he was credited as the writer of this film, I would not be surprised. Yes, absolutely, <laughs> <laughs> yes. Uh, but I think the biggest takeaway, really, is just the fact that they wanted to obviously make something similar to Space Jam, in my opinion, yeah. anyway. But because they're more popular now, or they've got too many IPs, they backtracked real quick on being like, we know how money-hungry we are, but we're going to make a fun film anyway. Instead, they just go, we love all these yeah, things you love. <laughs> it's like, ugh. One of my biggest takeaways from Space Jam 2, really, it's... In my opinion, an incredibly exploitative film. I feel like they've used their IPs, they've used LeBron, and they've used, I guess, brand deals. Yes. As nothing but a money-making device. Yes. Because there's nothing in it, to me, that would suggest that they wanted to send a positive social message. No. They've just cast some of the biggest, blackest names right now, and they've gone, hey, fellow woke people. Yes. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> we got rid of Pepe Le Pew, even though I don't know why they would, because Pepe Le Pew and Penelope Pussycat are basically in a relationship, and if that's their kink, don't kink shame. You know what I mean? Yeah. And they've adjusted Lola Bunny. Bear in mind, I don't give a shit about these changes. No. I'm just saying this is what it appears to me, like they've done this intentionally to garner a response so they can just make more money. Hire who you want. Just use them properly, and don't just use them to... Obviously, every film's to make money. Yeah, yeah, sure, I get that. But don't use them as such a shallow attempt to generate buzz or something. Gener- yeah, to yeah. generate buzz. If you're gonna make a film, make a film, please. Don't yes. just make a cash cow because that's exploitative, in my opinion. You're taking advantage of all these things. The minute this film was announced and everybody was just being like, they didn't make my furry queen the way I wanted her to <laughs> That's watch. the funny thing. Yeah. I didn't expect that sort of reaction, but you got tons of closet furries. <laughs> and I say that because they're all saying, you made her less sexy. Yes. So they're implying that they found it sexy before. So. <laughs> <laughs> like, fuck's sake, Warner Brothers, what are you doing? My only problem with the redesign or the change of these characters was the weird pink cheeks they gave Lola. Yeah. Because I don't think it fits right 
for something that has fur to stain the fur pink on the <laughs> cheeks and nose. It reminds me yeah. of Tumblr art, which is a style. I'm not a big fan of it, but styles are styles. But I don't think it fits a character that is full of fur. It just doesn't look right. Cartoon or not, it just feels weird. Yeah, I mean, it just it just does. But I mean, Warner Brothers did that tactic to clearly just generate some sort of whether you know bad publicity is still good publicity. People talked about it. That's the thing. They tried to do as much as they could for that. And like I said, they they spent fifteen million in advertising, and they yeah. went to every news outlet, every place that gives kids toys, anywhere they could put their name for this film. They did. Yeah. But I think there might even be a game. If there isn't, they should totally develop one because that's a bit short sighted of them if they hadn't. Yeah, for sure, yeah. Yeah. But on that note, ends pretty much the bitch fest of Space Jam. Yeah. Let us know if you prefer these sort of less structured, more just discussion-based episodes, and we might do a few more in the future. But other than that, just don't forget to follow us on Spotify. We're on Twitter most of the time. Let us know which Space Jam you preferred. Do you still prefer the first one? Do you prefer the new one? Let us know. Yeah. And do you like films that actually cast people properly, like Black Panther? Or do you prefer when they're exploited for the company's own gain, like Space Jam 2? <laughs> of course. But on that note, we will catch you in the next episode. See you then. See you then.